Welcome to Multifamily Live. I'm Kaylee Arusi. And I'm Jason Arusi. Our mission is to help you unlock your full potential as a multifamily real estate investor. So you can do more deals, bigger deals, with less stress, keep more profit, and free up your time. Multifamily doesn't have to be a mystery. It's time to go live. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. I am super, super excited to introduce you to my next guest. His name is Dan Beaulieu. Welcome to the show, Dan. Hi, Billy. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored to be here. Super excited to have you. So, Dan, let us know, how did you first get into real estate? So, I actually used to be a ship captain, believe it or not. Um, Went to a maritime college and uh, graduated with a third mate license, worked my way up to second mate and then drove supply boats in the Gulf of Mexico and worked on oil rigs. Um, So it was a completely different world. Um, You know, I was W2. I was leaving for months at a time. Um, You know, it was good money, but it was, you know, it was a tough life. Um, So I was kind of looking for a way out, um, you know, the whole time I was there. And then it just so happened in 2016 uh, oil went down to $28 a barrel and we all got laid off. I mean, we lost our contract and hundreds of people that worked on my rig just got sent home. We were just a number. Um, so realizing that I never really wanted my future dictated by somebody else ever again, I decided to just go out and, and do something myself. Um, and I had no real skill set <laughs> besides you know what i had been trained to do and operate these oil rigs uh, no background in sales or marketing or anything like that so um i decided to just go ahead and flip a house because people do it on tv and that's how you can make great money right it must be super easy so i was living in salt lake city at the time and i got connected with a realtor i just called one off a sign that i saw and i said hey find me a house to flip. And she actually did find a pretty decent house for me to flip. Um, And I bought it with my life savings as the down payment and used a hard money lender. Um, I watched hours and hours of YouTube how-to videos um, to learn how to hang drywall and, and, you know, cut corners uh, with with paint, you know, and, and paint inside the lines type of thing. And uh, basically swing a hammer in, in all respects. So I did most the entire flip myself. Um, it's about probably a hundred thousand dollar rehab. I mean, a huge one to start out with on a big house, super high risk. I basically put all my eggs into that basket. It had to work. I mean, it absolutely had to work. Right. <laughs> when I sold the property, um, made about a $35,000 profit at the end of the day. And I was psyched. But looking back on it, I was like, wow, I probably made about $15 an hour doing this. (laughs) So that wasn't really the game I wanted to continue moving forward. But I did love flipping houses. So I continued doing that for the next several years. Um, You know, eventually, obviously hiring stuff out, getting better at finding better deals. Um, And then in 2017, we moved to Nashville. And I got connected to a um, hard money lending company that was also new to lending in Tennessee. And so they hired me on as a loan officer and I had no real sales experience, but I thought it'd be a great side hustle in real estate. Um, So 
basically I was networking for them, but also networking myself, you know, being new in a new city. So it was very, it was very synergistic. Um, so fast forward to today, you know, we've got handful of uh, a good single family rentals, a bunch of duplexes, and, and now this new eight unit that we just closed on. So it's all going quite well. I love your journey from ship's captain to basically trying to do it all yourself. You go from like captaining a crew, you knew how to captain a crew. And I love how you said that you had no skills. I mean, here you are a ship's captain and you're telling, you're telling the world that you have no skills. So it sounds like you went from ship's captain to taking on this massive project. And then now you have built the systems out within your flipping and your flipping business. How did you find and locate those people to help teach you those systems? That's a great question. Honestly, it was all through networking and reading books and listening to tons of podcasts. I mean, when I was flipping that first house myself, I was listening to hours of the Bigger Pockets podcast. Um, at the time, it was episode 180. I went back to episode one. I listened to every single episode. And, you know, Jay Scott, those times, those types of people were on there and just talking about systems, you know, and how you shouldn't do it yourself type of thing. So um, it's all been just lots of podcasts and lots of networking. That sounds so familiar. So when my husband and I first started flipping a wholesaler, we did the same thing as you. We took on a huge pot project. We were listening to Bigger Pockets. I mean, Brandon Turner, Jay Scott, Tarl Yarber, all these like huge names that just like filtered all this amazing information to our heads. So I love the fact that you have a similar journey. So talk, talk to me about how you jumped into this eight unit. So congratulations on closing your first multifamily. That is huge. Talk to us about how you found this for this eight unit and how you went about closing it. Thank you. Yes. Um, so I thought I would be trading up to bigger and better properties eventually. Um, this year just seemed like a great year to do it um, in the single family market, which is mostly where we lived, um, you know, and we're comfortable with. We owned, you know, some Section 8 stuff, and I really wanted to eliminate a lot of those headaches that those properties cause and trade up to some some bigger, better stuff. So I put three Section 8 houses on the market in Chattanooga. Um, I originally bought them with zero out of pocket. They were decent deals. You know, $120,000 for three houses is, is what I paid just three years ago. And I put them on the market. Um, even just as a pocket listing, we were able to get a California cash buyer for $70,000 over my asking price. <laughs> so I was... I should I was actually talk to you, talking to you about that deal. Close I mean, that was, wow, that was insane. So all of a sudden I said, wow, I have, you know, way more money than I thought I was going to have. And I really don't want to pay taxes on it. Let's do a 1031 exchange. And so did that. And then I went on Facebook in one of the local groups and I said, Hey guys, I have 1031 exchange proceeds. Does anyone have some small multifamily, um, you know, coming up in the pipeline that I could look at? And lo and behold, a great local real estate agent reached out and said, hey, I actually um, just left this eight unit that looks pretty good. And I got a video tour if you want to check it out. And so that's how I originally found the deal. 
Fantastic. So talk to us into how you got into the deal, how you put it under contract. And then I have some, uh, some back of the, I guess, back house knowledge of some of the difficulties you've had with this. So talk, talk to us about, talk to us about getting into and getting it under contract and then some of the difficulties you've had. Great question. Um, you know, originally when we put it under contract, I was actually on vacation um, down in Key West, just fishing every day. And so my head really wasn't totally in it. I knew I wanted it, but I definitely should have done, you know, more research and, and more underwriting, um, you know, before putting on the line, you know, non-refundable earnest money and some, some crazy things. And that's why, you know, I was inspired to join your group because of the crazy mistakes that I had made in my own, you know, underwriting these deals. Um, so that was, it was very interesting. So I found out later, um, you know, as we were in escrow that the property is actually in a flood zone and, you know, which, which I'm okay with. I have some other properties in flood zones as, as long as it's still cash flows. Right. And so we could not find a flood policy that was less than $20,000, which was insane. So it was going to kill all of our cash flow. And with non-refundable earnest money on the line, I really didn't want to lose that. <laughs> so we were scrambling to, to try to find, you know, different flood quotes and different companies. Um, the lender was being non-communicative, um, just not responding to anything, dragging this out. So uh, luckily our agent was able to get extensions, um, which we really needed because the lender wasn't responding. We really needed to get better flood quotes. Um, and so you guys reminded me that the listing agent for this property was just as hungry as my agent for the sales commission, right? I think that was the important mindset shift that I needed to hear because the seller was asking me for more non-refundable earnest money. And I was just... I was scared. I was not having that. So, so I straight up said no. The key yep. here, I want to, I want to go back to that though. The key here is that you figured out after talking with us that, you know, for anybody, for any of the listeners here, you have to remember that agents, even on the other side, they want this to close. A seller might be playing a hardball, but if you've gotten this close to closing, chances are the entire team, seller, buyer, agents, everyone wants this deal to go through. So continue on, Dan. I just wanted to point that out. Yes, exactly. And that was, that was an important mindset shift, um, just remembering that. So I said no to more non-refundable earnest money, and we were still able to get that extension just by saying no. So that was really a great tip. So I didn't have to risk, you know, more money on the line. Um, but we did, we did eventually close that one. Um, and now we are starting the renovation process and getting all the rents up to market rent and, and uh, bringing the property up to speed. And you were able to 1031 exchange your original funds into this deal. Exactly. That made up most of the down payment. Amazing. So talk to us about what the future is for this deal and the future is for you. What are you looking towards? So the future for this deal, um, my plan is to hold it about five years. Um, as leases expire, we're going to be raising up to market rent. Um, 
units that are not renovated yet, we're gonna go ahead and move those tenants around um, if there's other vacant units, and then we'll be able to uh, renovate those units and, and charge market rent for those. Um, and then just overall making the building a little bit safer. Um, you know, I talked to some of the tenants and the security light was out, you know, and the, the city light across the street is out. She's walking her dog at night and it doesn't feel safe for her. Um, so the goal is to, to make it a more family friendly building, um, make everyone feel safe, first of all, and then make it all pretty on the inside and obviously performing at market rent. Fantastic. And you mentioned earlier that you had joined mine and Jason's group seven figure uh, multifamily. Uh, talk to me about how this group is going to help you on your journey within these next 12 to many years from now, uh, months. Absolutely. And I'm super excited to be part of the group. Um, I originally, you know, got this eight unit under contract and, you know, several weeks later, I was listening to Jason present um, in the group and he's talking about, you know, asking the sellers for rent roll and T12, right? I had to Google what a T12 was. Oh, no. <laughs> I, was I was already under contract on this eight unit because that's just different language than I'm used to hearing on single families and duplexes, right? So um, just for the the backing not only the knowledge but the the backing behind me to have my back um to take a second look at my deals and the accountability groups i mean everything's been just fantastic so i see it um as an awesome asset moving forward and i think we're going to do great things fantastic and i cannot wait to see the growth, the massive growth that you have within this next 12 months. I cannot wait to just grow with you and help you work through these, uh, these, these simple hiccups. I mean, cause actually, can you, can you explain like what you might have done differently had you known what you didn't know? I mean, the great thing about masterminds is that you figure out what questions you don't know what to ask. So what are some steps that you may have taken for my listeners out there that would have made this deal better? Or maybe you may you might not have taken down this deal. Yeah, that's that's really a great question. And so I think I probably wouldn't have even bought the deal uh, knowing what I know now, but now I have it and, <laughs> and we're doing it and I hope it all works out. Um, but honestly, just asking the right questions like, getting the rent roll, the T12, running it through the proper analyzers, um, preparing your exit strategy, knowing that on the front end, asking better questions. Is this property in a flood zone? Why is the seller selling? How long has it been on the market? These types of questions would have been, you know, really great to, to ask, but, you know, I <laughs> was on vacation originally when I got it and maybe should not put properties under contract when you're on vacation, but I think it's all going <laughs> to well, work. Well, the thing <laughs> is like, and we hear this a lot in just like the universe, take action, take action, take action. So kudos to you for taking that action. And the great thing is now you have this asset that is protecting your, your money. You were able to 1031 exchange into an asset that will now protect that money for your future generations. So, you know what? You took action, you got your first multifamily down, and 
it's not that you made it work, you found out how it could work. Does that make sense? Exactly. I think that's very well put. Um, it may not be the best deal in the world, and neither was my first flip, um, but it gets my mindset shifted towards, okay, this is how you do multifamily, and here's the proper way to do it. Here are the lessons learned. So I think deals moving forward will be much more lucrative. So Dan, before I let you go, can you let my listeners know either something that you've learned from this experience or, or something that guides you through your life? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, have, have people watching your back, you know, at all times. I think um, too many times I try to go at it alone, um, you know, without partners. And I just have a, a sort of mindset that maybe is ego driven that I can do it all myself. Um, but there's really no reason to. You can ask for help. You can ask questions. And I think that's very important for me moving forward. I love it. You can ask for help and you can ask questions. So last question, Dan, how can my listeners find you? Yeah, absolutely. The best way is probably just to reach out on Facebook. Um, a lot of my uh, Longhorn Investments clients go ahead and just send me a message on Facebook, something like that, or Instagram at BoDanny6. Um, post a lot on there, but it's mostly pictures of me holding up fish. <laughs> so if you want to learn more about fish or multifamily, please tap into Dan either on Instagram or on Facebook. And if you want to learn more about the incredible multifamily program that Dan is currently in, please go to www.sevenfigureflipping. or sevenfiguremultifamily.com. Again, that was www.sevenfiguremultifamily.com. Dan, you are amazing. Thank you so very much for being on. And I look forward to seeing how you grow. Thank you so much, Peely. Pleasure to be here. Take care. For my listeners out there, I am so grateful to you for listening. If you love what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. You are all so amazing. And aloha. <laughs>